and uh, well, we go back to 1996. <laughs> well, this is an interesting one. So St Kilda played Carlton. Yeah, uh, I love this game. Well, it was interesting. It was fascinating to watch. So it was 1996, ANSET Australia Cup Grand Final. Yes. And Carlton are coming off a premiership, their dominant 1995 season. Uh, St Kilda, well, they were iffy in 96. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry, 95. Yep. Um, and then they came out and took the world on and won the Ansett Australia Cup. <laughs> and it was like they won the greatest prize on the planet. And one of the superstars of that generation of St Kilda uh, was Peter Spider Everett, and he joined us. G'day, Spider. Oh, g'day. And don't worry, it was the greatest prize on the planet. When you had only won one premiership in 66, a night premiership in 96 was just as good and <laughs> as big as you would have seen with the reaction from the crowd. It was like we'd had, had won the home and away grand final. It was massive. <laughs> what? what? I mean, obviously because of the drought or something. I mean, it was just insanity what happened. Yeah, yeah look, I think, um, yeah, Everyone's second. Yeah, if you don't barrack for the Saints, everyone's second favourite team is the Saints. They, they love the Saints to, to win a premiership one day, and that was the closest thing. And, and then we thought, you know, we might be able to go on from there. But, you know, everyone, there's not too many people that hate St Kilda. Everyone's got a little bit of a soft, soft spot for them, and they've had some absolute superstars over the generations, but uh, just unfortunately haven't got the silverware. And uh, Swans here, mate, that, that night, did you or any of the other players expect that or, or, or was there a sense that uh, with the crowd and, and everything that, that may happen? What was your reaction? Oh, no, not, not at all. And even, you know, the next day when you presented to the crowd and, you know, you, you go to Moorabbin and, uh, you know, there's tens of thousands there. It just shows you to what, you yeah. know, the support the St Kilda footy, ha- footy Club had. It was, it was huge. It was massive. We could never... Never thought it. I remember on that night itself, uh, I was playing on uh, Big Hill Sporting. At, uh, I was in the forward line, he was down back, and um, I've gone for a lead out onto the wing, and he's actually whacked me in the jaw. He got nowhere near the footy and uh, actually <laughs> broke my jaw. Yeah. But I didn't tell anyone I had a, crack, a fracture in my jaw because I wanted to go out and celebrate. I didn't want to miss this <laughs> moment for anyone. So <laughs> I told the club on Monday, and then the club thought I'd got it Saturday night out at a pub and not actually during the game. So then I'd go and show them during the game when I'd got it. How <laughs> did the beer taste through a straw, though, mate? Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was drinking beer and bourbon through a straw. It worry me one little bit. I was out there to celebrate and enjoy it. <laughs> Very nice. At what point did you think, oh, this is only a practice match? Oh, yeah, no, 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 not at all, not, not when, no, Ansett Cup, you know, they yeah. used to get more money to win the Ansett Cup than they did to win, uh, when you won a grand final, obviously, when you're winning a grand final, all the merchandise and everything that goes with it, but to win an AFL Premiership might have been 100,000, and to win an Ansett Cup, uh, Cup grand final <laughs> was like 150. That makes sense. That's extraordinary, and you, and you played well this night, I mean, obviously, with the cracked jaws, it was, fan, um, you know, inspirational in a way, kick three. So th- that would have been nice. Yeah, the, the, oh, I won't, uh, it was later on in the game when he cracked my jaw. It wasn't right at the start yeah. where I was a superhero and continued to play on. Trust <laughs> me, I wasn't. I was never that tough. But, yeah, to kick a few goals. And I, I think, as you say, like, yeah, to play out at, uh, you know, Waverley. And Waverley used to have massive crowds. You know, we used to get people used to jump the fences. Mm-hmm. I remember in another night game there, uh, it might have been a year after, a year before, but, uh, you yeah, know, the crowd actually 
pulled down the fence and got through. So it's, uh, it's epic what happens out there at Waverley. But did the Saints play in the game where, yeah, they... The lights they, went out. The lights went out and they pulled the... Yeah, nice and killed the supporters, mate. Yeah, yeah, well, that's another, yeah, another iconic game out there when we played that one and the lights went out. The only light, because, you know, I went out in the Gabba a couple of weeks ago, but they still had a little bit of light. Yeah. You had no light. The only light they could get there when the lights went out was the fact that they lit the goalpost up. And uh, <laughs> that's the only light they had. And the funniest thing was that is uh, you should get laser bit of it because he had to do a drug test that night and there was no light. So he had to do a drug test, some person watching him pee in a little bottle by cigarette lighter. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's extraordinary. Oh, but that's a yeah. thing. So the Ansett Cup, there's 66,888 people there. I mean, it's just that enormous. Huge. Yeah. For a pre-season grand final, yeah. uh, as you say, for a, a junk time game, really, just for you know, a, little bit of, a little bit of fun before the actual season starts. Yeah. So, no, nah, it was massive. Yeah, you know, for St Kilda fans, it's always uh, yeah. and for yeah, even players, it's always good to play against you know the really big clubs of the AFL. Yeah, you know, your Carlton, your Collingwood, your Bombers. So uh, it was good. Um, on, on a more serious note, uh, this week celebrates the 30 years of Nicky Wimar's stance, and I think you and the other St Kilda boys got around him this week. Uh, that would have been quite special. Yeah, it was, and uh, you know we've spoken about it a little bit about you know not having a lot of uh, you know success at the football club, but um, you know one thing you know you, you pride yourself on and happy with that uh, you're a part of the Secure Footy Club is how close you know we are still as, t- as as a team, and you know that was my fir- fourth game of football that day at Victoria Park when Nicky lifted up his uh, top and pointed to the colour of his skin and such a significant part of uh, you know AFL and uh, you know what they're trying to you know stamp out at the moment so look it's 30 years on I think we've made a lot of improvements there's still a long way to go but um, you know just to be I don't I never want to say I was, I was proud to be a part of it but you know what it was uh, it was great to play alongside those players and um, you know stand up and make a stance against it because uh, I think it was a huge statement at the time and it still is and obviously St Kilda's your home as far as football where you did play a few years uh, at a couple other clubs how did you find the, the what was the different difference between the clubs just for you? Oh, look, for me, you know, yeah, St Kilda, you know, we've always, you know, it's always been tough to try and get the hierarchy and, you know, then uh, the whole club, you know, running together and, uh, you know, the playing group. And I think they've got that a really good balance now. And, you know, when you get that good balance of everybody on the same page, that's where success comes from. And, you know, I was away from Hawthorne when Clarko, you know, I was only at the year with Clarko and then um, I went to Sydney. And when I went to Sydney, you could see, you know, why Sydney is so successful, why they're such a good football club. You know, they're just all on the same page and, you know, Ruzy leaves and Johnny Longmire comes in and now Longmire's been there for 15 years and, you know, they, they just know how to run a football club. Nothing disturbs them. They, they do, they get on with their job. Everyone plays their role and that's why they consistently play, play finals footy. So, you know, that's what I learned when I went to other clubs. But, you know, you're realistically, as you said before, a, a Hall of Famer and lucky enough to be mm. 10 years at the Saints. And, uh, yeah, I do love the St Kilda Footy Club. And we uh, we have uh, the little man on every now and then, Milne, um, good mate of the show. He uh, he runs, has a bit to do with the uh, past players stuff. Are you uh, first on the list for, for a call there? 
Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm in Queensland at the moment, so I do brekkie radio up there. But uh, I only rung Milne the other day because I wanted to get him a story. I do a, a fishing podcast, The Anglers, and uh, I remember we were in Thailand and we chucked him over the off a boat <laughs> as as bait. Uh, it wasn't the smartest thing, but on a footy trip, you think it's quite funny. Yes. Uh, until that boat took an hour to turn around to go and pick him up. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love Milne. He's one of the greatest of all time. So, uh, yeah, no, we, we still speak to Milne a fair bit. He doesn't mention that. Obviously. So, I've never played a high standard of footy, but I've been on some footy trips, and they say it's just relative to how they used to be, maybe. Not so much how they are now, but, um, yeah, I can imagine... That happening? It's a classic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, yeah. It was hilarious at the time, and then when you wake up the next day and you think about the uh, the actual part of it, you think, okay, that wasn't overly that smart. But then twenty years on, when everyone's good, it was hilarious again. So, um, yeah, now Milne, yeah, these these Milne, those they're the blokes you love having in a football club. They're the blokes that you know if you're having a down day, if you feel a bit flat when you get to training. Don't worry, he'll get you up and he'll give you a kiss and a cuddle and get around you. And, you know, they're the blokes you really love in footy clubs. So, yeah, he's uh, he's a spark. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> he's here, though. He's an absolute river, Milne. Um, um, also, we, we got him on to chat about the St Kilda history, of course, and a little bit of uh, that he was a part of. Um, you you one of the best and fairest in 2001, um, the year that Bloody was there. Can, can you exp- oh. I mean, must have been an extraordinary Malcolm. year. Yeah, I actually nearly won leading goal kicker one of those years as well. But uh, look, we always we we judge it a little bit different at St Kilda. We if you come second in the best and fairest, you pretty much win it because Robert Harvey won everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, he had Robert Harvey, so he won Brownlow's and best and fairest. So if you come second, we celebrated it as a win. But um, yeah, look, yeah, Blighty's year was a was an interesting one. Uh, you know, you just went. And, went and did your stuff and went and played however you wanted to play. You just had a senior side to worry about. And, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to, you know, probably be in, you know, good enough shape and form and, and learn over the last couple of years to get myself right over pre-season. And pre-season's are, are the key. That's where you, you win and lose a lot of games, you know, to get yourself right. So, yeah, it was always nice to win a... Uh, a BNF uh, at the Saints, and yeah. uh, then also one at Hawks. One of the Hawks, and you're yeah. also three-time All Australian, and twice of those are Robert Harvey's Brownlow years, mate. So I'm assuming he won the Brownlow Medal off your hand. Look, I don't want to brag, and I, you know what? I have won him two Brownlows, but you know, you, you watch television these days, and all the commentators are going, "Oh, I don't know how Collingwood's going to go. They haven't got any ruckman at." Oh, we should put that Ruckman forward. It's like, hang on, Ruckman have been dominating this game for over 20, 30 years now. But finally they're realising how important we are to the game. Our midfielders are no good without Ruckman. Ruckman can go forward and kick goals and make the opposition start thinking. Mm. Why don't they put a bit more responsibility and a bit more respect towards the guys that uh, control the game, and that is the Ruckman of today, and even yesteryear. I agree, and it is a big week for Ruckman. Uh, I'm a North man, Todd Goldstein playing his 300th. You'd be uh, happy to see that happen? Yeah, remarkable effort. Anyone to play 300 games is uh, just a cracker. And, uh, you know, Toddy has been fantastic. And, you know, when you, you look at him, you think, OK, he's not going to be the greatest uh, player of all time. But, you know what, he's been fantastic for the for the ruse and what he's been able to do. And you, know, you can go through, and I, I'm actually, I wrote this on the plane today. I'm going to go through and have a look and see who won the brown load. The years they won the brown load. 
and who was the ruckman at the time. And then I'm going to look at the premiership teams and see who was the ruckman and see if I can build a story out of it. Because I, I tell you what, I tell you, we're going to start riding this path saying ruckmen are worth their weight in gold at the moment. So well done to Toddy on his 300. Well, get on him for the get on him for a sneaky brownlow bet yeah. then. No, I think no, the midfielders win the brownlow. The, the ruckman don't get any credit. Um, we don't want the credit. We just want to make sure. Yeah, we sit in the background just make sure everyone else looks good. Now, speaking of looking good, you and Jeff White had uh, really good battles uh, during your time. Um, obviously, Jeff uh, is, a fa- is a friend of the show as well. Now, you, there's also, in the, coming through the ranks, is an Everett versus White matchup. Is this right? Yeah, funny. We both live on the Goldie. Jeff uh, lives up there, and so do I. Yeah, we had some great battles. And, uh, you know, the number 34, Jeff White, against uh, us and they always line up. And, you know, what hurt Jeff a bit was when you, they put the centre circle in there so mm. he couldn't have the, uh, the big Uar Glen McGraw run-up in the, in the middle of the ground. But um, what I love, yeah, well, Jeff White's uh, got his young fella and my young fella, Boston, both, the, both roughly the same age, Kalani and Boston, and they play against each other. On each other, so uh, yeah. So hopefully, uh, over the next few years, they get a, a good battle going against each other, and you never know what might happen in the future. So it'd be funny if they faced off against each other in one day <laughs> in the same positions we did. Well, that's right, I man. You've played 180 games for the Saints, so you'll end up there, then the father son. So that'd be exciting. Yeah, that's what that's what he's hoping for, and yeah. you know, we've seen you know. Especially lately, you know, you look at the, the Dacos boys and, uh, you know, you got uh, Darcy's young fella Sam at uh, the Bulldogs and quite a few coming through. So, look, I, I personally think the father and son rule in the AFL is one of the greatest things in sport. I think every coach should do it. I think it's great to see those names live on and the tradition live on at football clubs, you know, like the Silvanis and, uh, you know, all these people. So, I think it's great. So, it'd be exciting if you can make it, but... You know, as, as much as we all wanted to make it, they're still going to be able to play football. And yourself, Swart, I've been a busy man since since football and still are. What are you, what are you up to? Yes, yeah, so I do pretty radio on the Gold Coast, which I enjoy, I love, and I'm um, just starting to get into my fishing. So I've, uh, I've got a mate who's uh, Australia's best fisherman. He loves his fishing, so we do a podcast, The Anglers. And, um, yeah, going to start travelling and doing a few fishing comps around Australia and travel a little bit and... Uh, yeah, probably dabble a little bit in that and still get out to local communities. So, still doing a travel show, caravan and camping around Australia. So, you yeah, know, there's plenty on. It's a good life, right? I better say, sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, a couple of weeks I'll head down the Great Ocean Road and film that. So, yeah, look, I just, um, yeah, always keep myself busy. But my mainly, my main nine to five job, or actually it is, and it's five to nine in the mornings, <laughs> is Brecky Radio. <laughs> and I, I think that's. Uh, like a credit to you that you, you showed your personality in your football. You didn't sort of back down from your personality there. And I think that obviously leads to to maybe that sort of better life after football and that, that the life you have now. Yeah, look, I think um, even during my career, yeah, I did a little, a little bit of media and a lot of television and, mm. yeah, enjoyed the footy show when back in the day you had to do your homework and study and, you know, just do – I enjoyed actually preparing for all that. So yeah. – yeah, and it has helped after football. When you got there and then people have asked you for interviews and asked you for chats, you've been able to, you know, get in there and do it. And um, so now, yeah, I've been able to make a career out of it. So Pricky Radio, it's been 12 years now in the Goldie. So mm. if they sack me now, I'm happy because I reckon it's been a pretty good journey so far. So we'll see what happens over the next uh, 12 to 14 months. But, uh, you know, I'm still enjoying it.
No, by Very the sounds nice. of it, the ratings should be through the roof up there on the Gold Coast <laughs> with you on it. Um, just uh, just on um, your start of your career, I just want to get a touch on uh, your impressions of Tony Lockett when you walked into the building at St Kilda for the first time. Yeah, funny, funny you mention that because you know you, you think about all these players when they walk into a football club for the very first time, and you know you followed footy, you love, you know you know the big names, and uh, you know I remember I walked into into Moorabbin, and uh, you know Danny Frawley comes up and says, "G'day, it's uh, you know Danny," and Tony comes up and goes, "Oh, g'day, it's Tony Locking." You're thinking in the back of the mind, you like, "Oh yeah, hello." Of course, <laughs> yeah. We know, uh, but yeah, look, Plugger was—he was remarkable. Um, he, you know, the way he could kick and and train and just uh, turn a game. And I remember, I never played it, seeing a game at Moorabbin, but I played twos footy there. And all you could hear, we were in the change rooms having a shower after our game, and then the crowd would be just going nuts. And the uh, the trainers would turn around, and go, "Yeah, Plugger must have the ball." And <laughs> he just tell by the crowd, and then they'd just go from one end of the ground to the other end of the ground back to the other end of the ground every quarter following him so yeah it was it was great and uh, you know we had our um, you know 150 year reunion only a couple of weeks ago and Tony come down to that and it was just great to see you knew as soon as uh, they mentioned him on the big screen and uh, he's put his arm in the air you know 60,000 Saints supporters were going mad so it was great to see him back and back associated with the uh, with the footy club even though he lives up near us near, on the Gold Coast he lives in Kingscliff so yeah. Yeah, is it is it slightly less plugger than you remember plugger? I mean, I saw him, and he, I mean, he's a very trim, slim plugger these days. Um, yeah, did, did, no, he he loves riding. He loves yeah. riding. He's into his fitness. He did the Dakar a couple of times, so he's actually right, and he eats really, really clean and healthy. So yeah, a lot of people thought he actually looked crook. He was yeah. that. Uh, he was that. Yeah, but no, he's in really good less spirits, intimidating. Though. Well, I loved it because he was sitting next to me and he didn't want to eat his beer, so I got two meals and double the beers. So I'm like, he didn't come anywhere with me. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, <laughs> Spider, we might have to leave That's it awesome. there, buddy. But, uh, look, that is, that is hilarious, mate. You've made us smile. Uh, really appreciate you jumping on the phone tonight. Yeah, no worries at all any time. Thanks, Spider. Oh, Peter Everett, uh, superstar ruckman for the Saints, Hawks and Swans.